Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, <clears throat> welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books right here in the Haven, which is in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw to the English Channel. We have an honored guest today. Uh, we call him the Prince of Hive. In London, they call him the Minister of the Interior, Rudder Montrambu which, by the way, we're sitting in his flat. He owns this flat, so it's by his mercy we're here. Thank you very much for coming, Hare Krishna. He's been away up in London doing big-time preaching, come back to visit our, this little country place, Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam Mahima Stotram from Sri Krishna Leela Stava, verses 4.12 through 4.16 <coughs> in that book, by Srila Sanatana Goswami. Uh, as he offers the 107th out of 108 obeisances to the Vrindavan Leela pastimes of Krishna. And he saved the Bhagavatam to the end because it's the Bhagavatam that gives us the Leela of Krishna. It goes like this Sarva Shastra Dipi Yusha, <coughs> Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja. Sarvalokaika Drikprada, O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvanduditaditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka bando matsangin madguro man mahadana manistadagamad bhagya mad anandanamostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy. I bow down to you. Asadu saduta dayin atini chuchata kada hanamun chagadachin mam premna rit kantayokspura. O restorer of saintliness to the unsaintly. O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, we've reached the twelfth chapter of the third canto of Srimad-Bhagavatam, 
creation of the Kumaras and others. So Maitreya Muni is answering the very detailed and comprehensive questions uh, that Vidura asked him. And we're going deeper into the creation of the individual universe now. We're starting with text 20. <clears throat> Sri Maitreya said, <clears throat> Thus Rudra, having been ordered by Brahma, circumambulated his father, the master of the Vedas. Addressing him with words of assent, he entered the forest to perform austere penances. Text 21 Brahma, who was empowered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, thought of generating living entities and begot ten sons for the extension of the generations. Text 22 <clears throat> Marichi, Atri, Angira, Pulasta, Pulastya, Pulaha, Kratu, Brigu, Vasishta, Daksha, and the tenth excuse me, and the tenth son, Narada, were thus born. Purport. The whole process of cre the creation, maintenance, and dissolution of the cosmic manifestation is meant to give the conditioned souls a chance to go back home back to Godhead. Brahma created Rudra to help him in his creative endeavor. But from the very beginning, Rudra began to devour the whole creation, and thus he had to be stopped from such devastating activities. Brahma therefore created another set of good children who were mostly in favor of worldly fruitive activities. He knew very well, however, that without devotional service to the Lord, there is hardly any benefit for the conditioned souls. And therefore, he at last created his worthy son, Narada, who was the supreme spiritual master of all transcendentalists. <clears throat> without devotional service to the Lord, one cannot make progress in any department of activity, although the path of devotional service is always independent of anything material. Only the transcendental loving service of the Lord can deliver the real goal of life, and thus the service rendered by Sriman Narada Muni is the highest among all the sons of Brahma. Text 23 <clears throat> Narada was born from the deliberation of Brahma, which is the best part of the body. Vasishta was born from his breathing, Daksha from a thumb, Brigu from his touch, and Kratu from his hand. Purport Narada was born from the best deliberation of Brahma because Narada was able to deliver the Supreme Lord to anyone he liked. The Supreme Personality of Godhead cannot be realized by any amount of Vedic knowledge, 
or by any number of penances. But a pure devotee of the Lord like Narada can deliver the Supreme Lord by his good will. The very name Narada can, uh, suggests that he can deliver the Supreme Lord. Nara means the Supreme Lord and Da means one who can deliver. That he can deliver the Supreme Lord does not mean that the Lord is like a commodity that can be delivered to any person. But Narada can deliver to anyone the transcendental loving service of the Lord as a servitor, friend, parent, or lover, as one may desire out of one's own transcendental love for the Lord. In other words, it is Narada only who can deliver the path of bhakti-yoga, the highest mystic means for attainment of the Supreme Lord. Śrīla Prabhupāda ki jāya. Text 24. <clears throat> Pulasya was generated from the ears of Brahma, Angira from the mouth, Atri from the eyes, Murichi from the mind, and Pulaha from the navel. Text 25. <clears throat> Religion was manifested from the breast of Brahma, wherein it is seated, wherein is seated the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Narayana, and irreligion appeared from his back, where horrible death takes place for the living entity. Purport That religion was manifested from the place where the Personality of Godhead is personally situated is very significant because religion means devotional service to the Personality of Godhead as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita as well as the Bhagavatam. In the Bhagavad Gita, the last instruction is given up. In, in, in the Bhagavad Gita, the last instruction is to give up all other engagements in the name of religion and take shelter of the Personality of Godhead. Srimad Bhagavatam confirms that the highest perfection of religion is that which leads to devotional service of the Lord, that is unmotivated and is not hampered by material impediments. Religion in its perfect form is the devotional service of the Lord, and irreligion is just the opposite. The heart is the most important part of the body, whereas the back is the most neglected part. When one is attacked by an enemy, one is apt to endure attacks from the back and protect himself carefully from all attacks on the chest. All types of irreligion spring from the back of Brahma, whereas real religion, the devotional service of the Lord, is generated from the chest, the seat of Narayana. Anything which does not lead to the devotional service of the Lord is irreligion and anything which leads to the devotional service of the Lord is called religion. Text 26 <clears throat> Lust and desire became manifested from the heart of Brahma, anger from between his eyebrows, 
greed from between his lips, the power of speaking from his mouth, the ocean from his penis, and low and abominable activities from his anus, the source of all sins. Purport A conditioned soul is under the influence of mental speculation. However great one may be in the estimation of mundane education and learning, he cannot be free from the influence of psychic activities. Therefore, it is very difficult to give up lust and the desires for low activities until one is in the line of devotional service to the Lord. When one is frustrated in lust and low desires, anger is generated from the mind and expressed from between the eyebrows. Ordinary men are therefore advised to concentrate the mind by focusing on the place between the eyebrows, whereas the devotees of the Lord are already practiced to place the Supreme Personality of Godhead on the seat of their minds. The theory of becoming desireless is untenable because the mind cannot be made desireless. When it is recommended that one be desireless, it is understood that one should not desire things which are destructive to spiritual values. A devotee of the Lord always has the Lord in his mind, and thus he does not need to be desireless, because all his desires are in relationship with the service of the Lord. The power of speaking is called Saraswati, or the goddess of learning, and the birthplace of the goddess of learning is the mouth of Brahma. Even if a man is endowed with the favor of the goddess of learning, it is quite possible for his heart to be full of lust and material desire, and his eyebrows to display symptoms of anger. One may be very learned in the mundane estimation, but that does not mean that he is free from all low activities of lust and, and anger. Good qualifications can be expected only from a pure devotee who is always engaged in the thought of the Lord or in samadhi with faith. Text 27 The sage Kardama, husband of the great Devahuti, was manifested from the shadow of Brahma. Thus all became manifested from either the body or the mind of Brahma. Purport Although one of the three modes of material nature is always prominent, they are always alloyed with, with one another. Even in the most prominent existence of the two quali lower qualities, the modes of passion and ignorance, there is sometimes a tinge of the mode of goodness. Therefore, all the sons generated from the body or the mind of Brahma were in the modes of passion and ignorance, but some of them, like Kardama, were, bo were born in the mode of goodness. Narda was born in the transcendental state of Brahman. Text 28 O Vidura, we have heard that Brahma had a daughter named Vak, 
who was born from his body and who attracted his mind toward sex, although she was not sexually inclined towards him. Purport Balavan Indriya Gramo Vidbansan Apikarshati Bhagavatam 9.19.17 It is said that the senses are so mad and strong that they can bewilder even the most sensible and learned man. Therefore it is advised that one should not indulge in living alone even with one's mother, sister or daughter. Vidbhangshang Apikarshati means even the most that even the most learned also become victims of the sensuous urge. Maitreya hesitated to state this anomaly on the part of Brahma, who was sexually inclined to his own daughter, but still he is mentioned he, he mentioned it because sometimes it so happens, and the living example is Brahma himself. Although he is the primeval living being and the most learned within the whole universe, if Brahma could be a victim of sexual urge, then what of others who are prone to so many mundane frailties? This extraordinary immorality on the part of Brahma was heard to have occurred in some particular kalpa, but it could not have happened in the kalpa in which Brahma heard directly from the Lord the four essential verses of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam because the Lord blessed Brahma after giving him lessons on the Bhāgavatam that he would never be bewildered in any kalpa whatsoever. This indicates that before hearing Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam he might have fallen victim to such sensuality but that after hearing Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam directly from the Lord there was no possibility of such failures. One should, however, take serious note of this incident. The human being is a social animal and his unrestricted mixing with the fair sex leads to downfall. Such social freedom of man and woman, especially among the younger section, is certainly a great stumbling block on the path of spiritual progress. Material bondage is due only to sexual bondage and therefore unrestricted association of man and woman is surely a great impediment. Maitreya cited this example on the part of Brahma just to bring to our notice this great danger. Text 29 Thus Finding their father so deluded in an act of immorality, the sages headed by Mirichi, all sons of Brahma, spoke as follows with great respect. <clears throat> Purport The sages like Mirichi were not in the wrong in submitting their protests against the acts of their great father. They knew very well that even though their father committed a mistake, there must have been some great purpose behind the show. Otherwise, such a great personality could not have committed such a mistake. It might be that Brahma wanted to warn his subordinates about human frailties 
in their dealings with women, which are always very dangerous for persons who are on the path of self-realization. Therefore, great personalities like Brahma, even when in the wrong, should not be neglected. Nor could the great sages headed by Marichi show any disrespect because of his extraordinary behavior. Text 30 O Father, this performance in which you are endeavoring to complicate yourself was never attempted by any other Brahma, nor by anyone else, nor by you in previous kalpas, nor will anyone dare to attempt it in the future. You are the supreme being in the universe. So how is it that you want to have sex with your daughter and cannot control your desire? Purport The post of Brahma is the supermost post in the universe. And it appears that there are many Brahmas and many universes besides the one in which we are situated. One who fills this post must be ideal in behavior. For Brahma sets the example for all living entities. Brahma, the living entity who is the most pious and spiritually elevated, is entrusted with the post next to that of the Personality of Godhead. Text 31 <clears throat> <clears throat> O spiritual master of the universe, even though you are the most powerful being, this act does not suit you because your character is followed for spiritual improvement by people in general. Purport It is said that a supremely powerful living entity can do anything and everything he likes, and such acts do not affect him in any way. For example, the sun, the most powerful fiery planet in the universe, can evaporate water from anywhere and still remain as powerful. The sun evaporates water from filthy places and yet is not infected with the quality of the filth. Similarly, Brahma remains unimpeachable in all conditions. But still, since he is the spiritual master of all living entities, his behavior and character should be so ideal that people will follow such sublime behavior and derive the highest spiritual benefit. Therefore, he should not have acted as he did. <clears throat> Text 32 Let us offer our respectful obeisances unto the Personality of Godhead, who by his own effulgence, while situated in himself, has manifested this cosmos. May he also protect religion for all Goodness. Purport. Lust for sexual intercourse is so strong that it appears herein that Brahma could not be dissuaded from his determination in spite of the appeal by his great sons like Marichi. Therefore the great sons began to pray to the Supreme Lord 
for the good sense of Brahma. It is only by the grace of the Supreme Lord that one can be protected from the allurement of lusty material desires. The Lord gives protection to, the, to devotees who are always engaged in His transcendental loving service. And by His causeless mercy, He forgives the accidental fall of a devotee. Therefore, sages like Marichi prayed for the mercy of the Lord and their prayer was fruitful. Text 33 The father of all prajapatis, Brahma, thus seeing all his prajapati sons speaking in that way, became very much ashamed and at once gave up the body he had accepted. Later that body appeared in all directions as the dangerous fog in darkness. Purport The best way to compensate for one's sinful acts is to give up one's body at once. And Brahma, the leader of the living entities, showed this by his personal example. Brahma has a fabulous duration of life, but he was obliged to give up his body due to his grievous sin, even though he had completely con merely con contemplated it in his mind without ac having actually done it. This is a lesson for the living entities, showing how sinful an act it is to indulge in unrestricted sex. Even to think of abominable sex is sinful, and to compensate for such acts, one has to give up his body. In other words, one's duration of life, blessings, opulence, and so on, are decreased by sinful acts, and the most dangerous type of sinful act is unrestricted sex. Ignorance is the cause of sinful life, and sinful life is the cause of gross ignorance. The feature of ignorance is darkness or fog. Darkness or fog still covers the whole universe, and the sun is the only counteracting principle. One who takes shelter of the Lord, the perpetual light, has no fear of being annihilated in the darkness of fog or ignorance. Text 34 Once upon a time, when Brahma was thinking of how to create the worlds, as in the past millennium, the four Vedas, which contain all varieties of knowledge, were manifested from his four mouths. Purport As a fire can consume anything and everything without being contaminated, so by the grace of the Lord, the fire of Brahma's greatness consumed his desire for the sinful act of sex with his daughter. The Vedas are the source of all knowledge, and they were first revealed to Brahma by the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, while Brahma was thinking of recreating the material world. Brahma is powerful by dint of his devotional service unto the Lord. And the Lord is always ready to forgive his devotee if by chance he falls down from the noble path of devotional service. The Srimad Bhagavatam 
11.542 confirms this as follows. Swapadam mulam bhajatak priyasya chakvan yabhavasya hari pareshaha vikrama tat vikrama vikarma yach chotpititam tikanchit dunoti sarvam vidisani vishtaha any person who is engaged 100% in the transcendental loving service of the Lord at his lotus feet is very dear to the personality of Godhead Hari. And the Lord, being situated in the heart of the devotee, excuses all kinds of sins committed by chance. It was never expected that a great personality like Brahma would ever think of sex indulgence with his daughter. The example shown by Brahma suggests that the power of material nature is so strong that it can act upon anyone, even Brahma. Brahma was saved by the mercy of the Lord with a little punishment, but by the grace of the Lord he did not lose his prestige as the great Brahma. Text 35 The four kinds of paraphernalia for conducting the fire sacrifice became manifest. The performer, the chanter, the offerer, the fire, and the action performed in terms of the supplementary, the supplementary Vedas. Also the four principles of religiosity, truth, austerity, mercy, and cleanliness and the duties in the four spiritual orders all became manifest. Purport Eating, sleeping, defending, and mating are the four principles of material bodily demands which are common to both the animals and human society. To distinguish human society from, to distinguish human society from the animals there is the performance of religious duties in terms of one's social status and spiritual order of life, Varnasham Dharma. These social and spiritual divisions are all clearly mentioned in the Vedic literatures and were manifested by Brahma when the four Vedas were generated from his four mouths. Thus the duties of humankind in terms of social status and spiritual order were established to be observed by the civilized man. Those who traditionally follow these principles are called Aryans or progressive human beings. Text 36 Bidura said, O great sage, whose only wealth is penance, Kindly explain to me how and with whose help Brahma established the Vedic knowledge which emanated from his mouth. Text 37 Maitreya said, Beginning from the front face of Brahma, gradually the four Vedas, Rig, Yajur, Sama and Atarva, became manifest. Thereafter, Vedic hymns, 
which had not been pronounced before, priestly rituals, the subject matters of the recitation, and transcendental activities were all established, one after another. Mm. Text 38. He also created the medical science, military science, musical art, and architectural science, all from the Vedas. They all emanated one after another, beginning from the front face. Purport. The Vedas contain perfect knowledge, which includes all kinds of knowledge necessary for the human society, not only on this particular planet, but on other planets as well. It is understood that military art is also necessary knowledge for the upkeep of the social order, as is the art of music. All these groups of knowledge are called the Upavedas, or supplements of the Vedas. Spiritual knowledge is the main topic of the Vedas, but to help the human being's spiritual pursuit of knowledge, the other information, as above mentioned, forms necessary branches of the Vedic knowledge. Text 39 Then he created the fifth Veda, the Puranas and the histories from, his, from all his mouths since he could see all the past, present and future. Purport There are histories of particular countries and nations and of the world. But the Puranas are the histories of the universe, not only in one millennium, but in many kalpas. Brahma has knowledge of those historical facts, and therefore all the Puranas are histories. As originally composed by Brahma, they are part of the Vedas and are called the fifth Veda. Text 40 All the different varieties of fire sacrifices the Shodashi, Utka, Parishi, Agnishtoma, Aptoryama, Atiratra, Vajapeya and Gosava sacrifice were manifested from the eastern mouth of Brahma. Text 41 Education, charity, penance, and truth are said to be the four legs of religion and to learn this religion there are four spiritual orders of life along with different classifications of castes according to vocation. Brahma created all these in systematic order. Purport The nucleus of the four spiritual orders, Brahmacharya or student life, Grihastha or householder family life, Vanaprastha or retired life for practicing penance, and Sannyas or renounced life for preaching the truth 
consists of the four legs of religion. The vocational divisions are the brahmanas or the intelligent class, the chatriyas or administrative class, the vaishas or mercantile productive class, and the shudras or general laborer class who have no specific qualifications. All were systematically planned and created by Brahma for the regular promotion of self-realization. Student life is meant for acquiring the best education. Household family life is meant for gratifying the senses, provided it is performed with a charitable disposition of mind. Retirement from household life is meant for penance, for advancement in spiritual life. And renounced life is meant for preaching the absolute truth to the people in general. The combined actions of all members of society make the whole situation favorable for the fulfillment of the mission of human life. The beginning of this social institution is based on education meant for purifying the human being and of the animal, of the animal propensities. The highest purificatory process is knowledge of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the purest of the pure. Hare Krishna. And that brings us to 8 o'clock. We'll stop here at the reading and anticipate the reflections of the assembled sages on this holy day. Hare Krishna. Okay, Radharaman, our honored guest, has a reflection. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Gotta, well, first, I w wanted to thank you for reading um, Prabhupada's books every day, and the reading of the third canto reminds me of, uh, again, of when um I first saw you do this, which was actually with Vaisha Sikaprabhu in, in um hmm. in Govardhan in twenty seventeen. Whoa. When you were reading the third canto with um Vaisha Sikaprabhu and then actually the fourth canto as well. Um, yeah, we did that in thirty days. <laughs> and um I think I was there for a lot of the third canto and that hmm. um hearing the two of you read it, um Awaken some taste in Srimad Bhagavatam for the first time. Hare Krishna. So this reminds me again, and in remembering that and hearing tonight's reading, and also yesterday's that I was hearing, or the, I think it was the day before, but anyway, um, I was um, just thinking how um, actually the tendency, as Prabhupada says in the purple, to the 17. 16 of the Bhagavad Gita, the tendency for the mind to be engaged in ultimately unsatisfying things is um, engaged better in hearing the satisfying stories of the about Krishna. Exactly. And uh, hearing this third canto is very wonderful in this regard and thinking of times in the past that you know, I and other devotees were allured by 
you know, mundane attraction, and then Shiva Amar saying that actually the root of all of that is this devotees just ha haven't got the taste for hearing Srimad Bhagavatam because actually it's far more fascinating hearing from this canto and other cantos of the Bhagavatam about the history of the universe that trumps any of the mundane science fiction things. Oh, yes. It, oh, yes. And uh, so that was a sort of reflection I had, especially hearing tonight's reading and recent readings is uh, this far trumps, outweighs anything that uh, yeah, I was the mundane world can offer. During this time, when we've been reading the, you know, the details, and in the, and we'll get more details as we go along. When Kapila Day begins to speak, whoa, then we get full details. And uh, I was thinking, you know, you can't make this up. <laughs> How can anybody make this up? How all these different aspects of human society were created, for what reasons and for what purpose. It's just... It's so comprehensive and so complete. We were talking to Phil, the painter, this evening after our meeting, Radharaman and I, and he was actually a very, very nice person, and he was kind of, I don't know, maybe he was a little charmed, maybe he was just being nice because he wanted his business, I don't know <laughs> exactly what it was, but he was uh, kind of acknowledging you know, that morality is a big thing that has been, has been lost in human society. You know, and if a pious painter can have that realization, what happens if you were to read the Bhagavatam? Okay, it's our next goal. He'll paint the, the flat and we'll paint his mind with the Bhagavatam. I, I was looking for a one-one. Oh. I could get to it, but I couldn't find it. Uh, Reminder when we need to get it back into print. But I've got one in the other flat. I'll bring it. Do you have more than one? Yeah. Oh, good, good. Don't want to take your own only one. Thank you very much for that, Hare Krishna. Those lovely memories and uh, yeah, Karibo. This is from Sudevi Dasi. Yes, Sudevi Devi Dasi. Hari Krishna, Hari Bol. I hope you're well and safe and happy there in Florida. Hari Krishna, Maharaj. Hari Krishna to you too. And from Rosie Prema. Rosie Prema. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And from Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Gopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all the assembled sages, all glories to Srila Prabhupada and Srimad Bhagavatam. All glories to the Bhagavatam. We heard something very important tonight, how Brahma got attracted to his daughter and how he immediately took the advice of his sons, mind-born sons, and gave it up. Prabhupada comments on that, that it wasn't that Brahma died or committed suicide or some crazy thing like that, but he gave up the mental, the part of his mental body. Brahma's whole body is subtle. 
He doesn't have a gross body like us. He's very special. And he just gave up that part of his mental body that thought that. He just gave it up. And that way he set the example for all of us how we can actually do devotional service and get free from those uh, desires. Hare Krishna. Anandamurti Devidas. Yes, Anandamurti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's reading of Srimad Bhagavatam. Today I heard that from Lord Brahma all kind of things are manifested, and even the greatest living entity can commit mistakes. What kind of little punishment did the Supreme Lord give to Brahma? He, he had to uh, confront this darkness, you know. You know, when he gave up that part of his body, it became like a dark fog, and he had to confront that, you know, energy, and reject it. He had to do penance, in other words. Hare Krishna. And from Bhakti and Selene? Yes, Bhakti and Selene. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. And I have to add one more thing before we go to Selene. One more thing, Anandamurti, was if you remember, just after that, when he started again to create the universe, uh, the first things that came out of his mouth were the Vedas. So once he heard the Vedas, that never happened again. Hare Krishna. Especially the Srimad Bhagavatam. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada and his life work. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to read this most auspicious scripture with you. In this chapter we read, quote, It is only by the grace of the Supreme Lord that one can be protected from the allurement of lusty material desires. Unquote. As we see in various shlokas and purports of the Bhagavatam, ultimately we are completely dependent on the mercy and grace of the Lord. Without that we are lost in ignorance and our own egos, caught up in the play of the gunas. Somewhere deep within we eventually need to surrender to get to surrender to that grace and mercy of the Lord. Of course we are actively trying to clean our hearts and deepening the connection with Krishna, engaging in devotional service. However, is that eventually the same as the state of surrender? Surrender is often seen as a helpless state in which we passively and helplessly fall down in front of the Lord begging. However, is there also a possibility to practice surrender in action in our day-to-day -day lives? Thank you, Maharaj. Well, that is the purpose of 
Krishna speaking the Bhagavad Gita and Shukadeva Goswami speaking Srimad Bhagavatam and Lord Krishna speaking the Uddhava Gita in the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam. Uh, so there you have Krishna speaking to his best friend in Dwarka or in Mathura or wherever and then the, the Gita, the knowledge and then he repeats it again with more details because we heard the Bhagavatam before to Uddhava, his other dearest friend, his two dearest friends, the Bhagavad Gita and the Uddhava Gita. And um, by hearing them and by agreeing to follow them in the same mood that uh, Arjuna heard and submitted and Uddhava heard and submitted uh, yes we are meant to give up uh, sinful life and practice devotional service that's what surrender is one time Prabhupada said hearing means doing if you're, if you're actually hearing the Gita and the Bhagavatam, then you will do what the Gita and the Bhagavatam say to do, which is to fully surrender to Krishna. So yes, surrender isn't a sentimental, slobbery, you know, falling on the ground and rolling around. And I mean, that may be an ecstatic symptom of someone who's fully in Krishna Prema, but but real surrender means to agree to accept what Krishna says to agree to accept Krishna as the supreme personality of God, the supreme authority and hear from him and then act accordingly it is not an inactive you know activity surrender, it is factual, therefore when Arjun surrendered, what did he do? He went out and fought the battle of Kurukshetra because that's what Krishna wanted and that's what was needed at the time. Pure devotional service. Doing what Krishna wants us to do. And how do we know? We will become satisfied. Really satisfied. Not momentarily satisfied. Not some flash of you know, thrill that you get from some kind of sense gratification. You know, going on one of these big roller coasters and have it plummet to the ground at very high speeds and, you know, have you take your breath away. And, you know, getting what we call a cheap thrill. Yeah, surrender is, you know, is the real thing. It's doing what the Lord wants. Hare Krishna. And that's the only thing that can satisfy us completely. And therefore the only thing that can defeat the sensual urges that everyone has who has a material body. Hare Krishna.
from Anandamurti. Yes, Anandamurti. Yesterday, three Bhagavad Gita distributed after duty. Three of them are the university students, and they are very happy to receive the Bhagavad Gita. Absolutely marvelous. Om Tat Sat. Om Tat Sat. Thanks a lot. Prabhupada is smiling down on you, Anandamurti. Thank you so much for being such a good example, having to work, you know, in order to maintain your family, and at the same time, going out every day during breaks and after work to distribute uh, Prabhupada's books. It's a wonderful example, Hare Krishna. I'm very proud of you, actually, Hare Krishna. And from Daitari Hari. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you very much for tonight's reading. I really appreciated the point that, quote, anything which does not lead to the devotional service of the Lord is irreligion, and anything which leads to the devotional service of the Lord is called, ir, uh, is called religion. Mm. I found many points we've been reading about the cosmic order the sheer scale and the hierarchy of it all to be mind-blowing. However, I feel like even though I'm interested in all these things, I don't necessarily always see it as the means to develop love for Krishna, but just as a means to learn interesting information about the scale of the universe and what goes on beyond what we can see, not necessarily, not necessarily always in relation to Krishna, though. How important is it that we remain conscious of our hearing the Bhagavatam in relation to the goal of pleasing Krishna? It is essential. Sambandhagyan, Omagyana timirandasya, Gyananjana shalakaya, Chakshur unmritam jena, Tasmai Sri Guruvain Maha. We're offering respects to our spiritual master who opened our eyes which were blind we were born in the darkness of ignorance the spiritual master opens our eyes what with the torch of knowledge and the first stage of knowledge is sambandagyan the relationship that we have with this world and with God and what to do about it so it's essential of course, you can read the Bhagavatam just to get knowledge, for the sake of getting knowledge, but that is not pure devotional service. That will not get you to the goal of pure devotional service or of love for Krishna. Uh, so it's essential. Uh, therefore, the Bhagavatam is meant to be read as we are reading it, verse by verse, purport by purport cover to cover, the whole thing. And when we do that, even once, I mean, it is so vast that now I'm reading the, the third canto for first time in quite some time, and it's like I'm reading it for the first time. It's not ordinary knowledge. Uh, it, it helps us to make sense out of what we're seeing and out of what we're perceiving as it says in your quote therefore it leads us to devotional service 
hearing the Bhagavatam is devotional service. Hearing the creation of the universe is pure devotional service. But it has to be done with the proper motive, with the proper mentality. And that mentality is not to enjoy it. Because this tendency to get a thrill out of the details of all this knowledge for our own enjoyment or to learn something that may be able to impress someone else that we have it that will take us away from uh, pure devotional service so we have to change the mentality but the thing is the mystical power of the Bhagavatam is that if you keep hearing it uh, from the right person with the right mood, then those other desires, desires for knowledge, for knowledge's sake, and all those things, will become purified. But in doing that, it's necessary, the sambandhanyan. And then what? Abhideya. To learn how to, to act according to that knowledge. Prabhupada said it another way. It's not enough to know you're not the body. It's, you have to act like you're not the body. So the knowledge of the Bhagavatam, especially this third canto, the creation of the universe, is meant to establish us very strongly in real knowledge so that we can have the strength to perform pure devotional service to the conclusion. Hare Krishna. And another thing about the cultivation of knowledge is that if it's done properly, it detaches us automatically from the sensual urges of the senses and the mind. Hare Krishna. From Subarao Rajagopal. Yes, Subarao. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Thank you for your Nitya Bhagavata Sevaya. Mm. It is interesting to note that Ayurveda medical science came, was created by Lord Brahma as per 312.38. I was under the impression Lord Danvantari gave the Ayurveda to this world. Well, uh, the first he's, we're talking about the Vedas now we're talking about the Vedas uh, it hasn't been enacted yet Brahma's just bringing the, the Vedas into the world and later on it's, now that it's there uh, different sages will bring those verses and those that knowledge into the external uh, application, manifesting it in the world, which Danvantari did. So it's not that everything happened at once. That's the point. So even though it came from Brahma, the Vedas came from Brahma, and and uh, medical knowledge and military knowledge are there in the Vedas the universe develops and as it develops the great sages uh, distribute that knowledge 
to human society throughout the universe. But the Vedas are eternal, and that's the point. It's Brahma who brought that into the universe, but in Vaikuntha, in the court of Narayana, the four Vedas stand there in personified forms to serve Narayana. The Vedas are eternal. The knowledge of medical science is eternal. And it comes into the material world in the way that the Bhagavatam is describing. And later on, it describes how Dhanvantari uh, brought the Ayurveda into the universe. This is from Gemma. Yes, Gemma. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj, please would you accept my humble obeisances? Jai, all glory to Srila Prabhupada. Thanks again for reading. Yes, I like the comment. It does trump anything the mundane world can offer. Very interesting. Very interesting to learn about Brahma. I am just happy and feel honored even hearing this transcendental information. I am trying to take it all in. Awesome stuff. Jai Sri the Prabhupada Hare Krishna. Hare thank Bo. you very much for your reflection and thank you for acknowledging uh, the truth of what the Bhagavatam is. Hare Krishna. Just go on hearing. You don't have to become a, a scholar. You don't have to become a Sanskrit scholar particularly. You just have to hear. And Srila Prabhupada is the right person to hear from and he will make it clearer and clearer and clearer. Just go on hearing the Bhagavatam for the rest of your life over and over and over again and you will get everything. Hare Krishna. And from Goranga Gopal. Yes, Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for reading tonight. I appreciated hearing about the frightening power of Krishna's external energy, able to bewilder even such an exalted devotee as Lord Brahma, who even had to change bodies to correct his mentality. If we had to follow the same rules, in Kali Yuga almost everyone would have to commit suicide every instant. It reminded me of Jagai and Madai pastime when we, where we hear that in Kali Yuga special rules need to apply and Krishna cannot kill every single demon, otherwise everyone would have to go. But instead he kills our demonic propensities by giving us the holy name. Well, as I mentioned in my comment, uh, it wasn't that Brahma committed suicide he just renounced the desire and his m mind is so developed his subtle body is so developed that he can do that and still say, stay the same his mind is just it just purified him, his mind that's all it was a part of his subtle body that he gave up From Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. Jai Guru Maharaj, catching the transcendental tale of the reading and feeling blessed to see and hear you again. Hare Krishna, thanks for coming. Thank you. From Subarao? Yes, Subarao. Thank you for the clarification of the advent and application part. 
Mm, my pleasure. And from Daitari Hari. Yes, Daitari Hari. Thank you, Maharaj. As always, your answers really shed most important things we all need to understand. Extremely grateful to have the opportunity to ask you questions like this. Hare Krishna. Thank you, everyone, for those wonderful reflections and questions. Uh, all glories to the Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samabira Bhakta Brinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bol. See you tomorrow night, same time, same place, same topic, as Maitre Muni continues to answer the comprehensive, unbelievable questions of Vidura and opening up the doors of the universe for us. Hare Krishna.